Hey, and welcome to the Church Plus Coffee with Friends podcast. This is Joseph Cathcart, and Bobby let me open up the show today. Hey, you're the co-host. Yeah, but co-hosts should never open up the show. We're both co-hosts. There's no host here. God is the host of this. That's very, well, very... Well, I don't know that he would true. <laughs> want me to say that he is. We're just... There's no host except for our coffee, and it's hosting us right now. Well, that's And that's nice. providing the conversation magically. Beautiful, sunshiny day here in Japan. What's the date today? I don't have my physical daily planner in front of me. Well, let me get mine real quick. Yeah, it's a great day. It's starting to get really cold here in Japan. Yeah, it is. We've been burning a fire a lot every morning. Do you guys like sleep in your jackets? No, but I did grow up sleeping that way. My jacket. We, When I was 10, we moved into a house that was not finished yet, and we, my dad was working on it, getting it done, and it was cold at the beginning. So, So there were some nights sleeping in coats. I think the fall season here is really nice. Like even compared to Texas or Montana, it's like this very slow, cold buildup. Right. Very slow. It really doesn't get cold until like really, really, really cold until December, maybe, or even into January. Just kind of this nice chill. As opposed to Montana this year, which Montana skipped the fall this year, unfortunately for everyone back at home. They, uh, they like, I think they even missed all the fall colors and leaves because it just froze and snowed. So it's been winter there for already three or four weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But we're still having days here in Japan that are getting 65 degrees. Nice. So. Right. Yeah. It's a beautiful time of the year. This is kind of a busy season for like ministry and stuff because we're getting close to Christmas and a lot of people are just thinking about this holiday. There's a lot of good opportunities to talk to people. Yeah. People uh, have a lot of time off work and stuff like that. You've been working on something, right? Yeah. Tell us about something that you've been working on. Yeah. Our big project lately has been, um, it's a comic book action Bible called good and evil. And it's a book that was designed as a ministry tool is actually designed for missions to explain the gospel of Jesus to um, to people who basically have no biblical worldview or maybe no cultural understanding of the Bible, and so it's it's Marvel style. Actually, one of the old Marvel comic guys who did the Incredible Hulk. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who did the Marvel comics, but one of the main artists he became a Christian, and so he illustrated this whole book. It's like a three or four hundred page book, and it's the Bible illustrated. Anyway. So for the last while, we've been pushing getting that translated into Japanese, and it's all translated now, and the proofing is all just right at the very final stages, and we're going to be sending it off to get it printed, and I'm really hoping that we'll have it printed and delivered before Christmas so we can give those out to people like crazy at Christmas time. So that's, that's what we've been working on lately. That's our, our main, that's been our main thrust for a while. And I'm going to be so happy when it's finally done. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, So hopefully that can be something that really spreads the gospel out to people who might not normally pick up something that looks like a Bible. Right. Well, and in Japan, manga is a huge thing. Like people love comics and they're reading them on the trains all the time. So we'll have it digitally as well 
to, and we're going to just be giving it to people. That's so. great. Yeah, I was looking at it yesterday, and it looked like it was really beautifully illustrated. It really mm-hmm. pops out at you. So I think that'll be awesome to give out to people. So I'm hoping we can get some from you guys and get just give them out to as many people as we can. Right. It's a really cool book because it, it really, like the Bible does, but sometimes we skip over things in the Bible that aren't as comfortable to read or look at, but this book really depicts the separation of good and evil and how there is good and there's a rebellion against that good and it's evil. So so a lot of the pictures in the book are kind of scary looking pictures. It's not really a book for little kids. I'd say, you know, maybe twelve year olds and older. Yeah. PG-13. I was looking at it yesterday and I was yeah. like Jezebel's hands well, yeah. Being- it's just eaten by a dog or something. No, it's very true to the Bible. The Bible, you know, prophesied that her hands would not be eaten because her hands were so full of, you know, blood. And so, like, it depicts how her hands were left on the ground and the dogs wouldn't even eat them because her hands were dirty. But I can't figure out why we don't teach that in Sunday school. <laughs> I think we really, I think we really should. We could we give like a demonstration somehow. I think we should teach the Bible to all ages how the Bible reads itself and not always dress it up so nicely because what that does i think is it dumbs down the evil that's in the bible and so people grow up and think Mm. like oh god's this horrible mean god who killed all the amorites Mm. you know and wiped them all out but it doesn't talk about they don't know what those people were Mm. doing and how evil they were Mm. how they were sacrificing babies well anyway i'm not gonna talk anymore i'm just gonna drink my coffee (laughs) Those stupid Amorites, like, really? Those stupid Amorites. Uh, it's a great book, and you can look it up online, goodandevilbible.com, maybe. And I don't know. You can read it for free online in English, and they and also have an animated you series. You can pick up a copy on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's like a $30 book, though. It's really nice, high-quality So book. save up now. Yes. <laughs> or you can do it in three monthly payments of $10 to Joseph. But... No, see, we're not going to be selling the Japanese one. If you want to read it in Japanese, you will be able to soon, which is so cool. So people are going to have the access to the gospel soon in Japanese in a book format that they'll be able to read, look at the pictures, understand the message of the Bible, and understand who Jesus is. It's also great because it really focuses on the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, which is really important. So anyway... That's what we've been doing. That's great. Keep up the good work. I'm guessing you're not a proponent of the bloody, or I'm guessing, sorry, you are a proponent of the bloody David and Goliath cartoons. Are there bloody ones? There's this really good one where it, <laughs> like, there's, there's these cute little cartoon characters and David's swinging his little slingshot. Yeah, right. He throws it at Goliath and it's this like geyser of blood oh, everywhere. No. I, I love it. It's that. so good. So... Uh, like when we were kids, yeah. And kids these days are so they're so soft. Like we, when we grew up, we were like looking at these bloody cartoons, and <laughs> it was so good. Those are the good old days. Yeah, those are the days. Well, as long as it's depicting the story accurately in the Bible, I think that's good. Anyway, it's great stuff. But but you've been busy too, right? Um, yeah, a little bit busy. I mean, we just have our normal things going on in Japan that we do. But a special thing that we're doing for Christmas this year, maybe you've seen some of it online. It's something called Gifts of Hope. 
and gift giving is really big in the Japanese culture. If you go to someone's home, you have to bring them a gift. Our next door neighbor, she's a little girl. She comes over every week and there's not one week that she comes that she doesn't bring something for the girls. Oh, really? Wow. It's really, and she's been coming over for a year and a half and it's really funny. Uh, but giving gifts is big here. So we were trying to think, what can we do to make a connection point with people during Christmas time? And so we decided to go to our neighbors and to people around the area where we live and to give them Christmas gifts. And with the Christmas gift is the Gospel of John in Japanese, uh, a Christmas comic for kids, a Christmas card just saying Merry Christmas and explaining the real meaning of Christmas. And it's just sort of a way that we can say Merry Christmas to people. Um, So what we're doing is we're giving people an opportunity if they want to, they can give a gift to a Japanese family for $10, just a one-time thing. So uh, you're welcome to do that. But there's so many good ways and different missionaries that you can support this Christmas time. But I encourage you really to give toward this project of getting the good and evil book out to people, because I think that's going to be a real benefit to the Japanese people here. So, well, I love what you're doing with the good, uh, the gifts of hope and what you did last year, because that's really getting out into your community and being a light and letting them know why you're here, why there's this white family that's living here in this neighborhood. And, you know, as well as to the other people that you're reaching out to with it, hopefully good and evil will be delivered by the time it yeah. comes around and then you could be, I'm hoping that, that we'll be it. able to include that in the gifts. If it's yeah. done before yeah. Christmas time, I'm really, really hoping that it is it just depends on the so, printer. So pray for that. If you want to pray for anything, uh, we're trying to get these things out for Christmas, pray that everything kind of gets along in an orderly fashion. That would be, that'd be fantastic. Great. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, God's doing some good things. I love mm-hmm. this time of year. And I think one of the reasons I love it is it just seems to have more, purpose every month has purpose but you just it's more in your face this time of year that there's just this uh feeling of thanksgiving and feeling of jesus is on the move i do love this time of year also i love yeah well anyway i love it when it gets crisp and cold and that just infuses me with energy and we start reading poetry at our house and life just has so much excitement about it and I don't know, there just seems to be more crispness when it's crisp air outside. I guess I'm waxing too eloquent, or in my mind at least. But you, I love it. You Great seem to be, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but it sounds like you really enjoy the fall, and I do too. And I heard this thing, I don't know if it's true, but I feel like for me personally, it rings true. That depending on your personality and what kind of weather you enjoy, Mm-hmm. you accomplish way more in the season that you're kind of excel in. Oh, interesting. And that in the other seasons, you could even feel drained. And I don't know if this is like something weird, some new age thing. It's. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. But I can just say for me that in the summertime and late springtime, I just feel like really drained. And I think it's more than physical. Like I get physically drained because of the heat. Right. But I just, it doesn't click with me as well as the fall and winter seasons do. The muggy atmosphere and the, well, I think I'm more efficient at least in the fall. Yeah. And maybe the winter. I've noticed that for myself too. Like I am able to get way more done. So it's kind of funny to think about. Speaking of new age things, we went to Costco the other day. And right beside Costco, there's a mall. And did you know at that mall, 
there's palm readers in the mall. Have you ever seen them? Really? No, yeah. I've never seen that. On the third, I think it was the third floor uh, of the mall, this huge mall, I was just walking by and it didn't look new agey at all. It wasn't like, you know, pictures of the sun or anything like that. It was just a very simple little room. But there was this poster on the outside of it and it was advertising these two ladies that read palms and you could just go in for 10 bucks and have your palm read. I've never seen that in Japan before. It's really, uh, yeah, I was, I've never seen that either. I was surprised. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Was it like a special booth they had set up? No, it was like they were in rented space. Hmm. So, wow. So, yeah, I mean, so when she was giving my reading, I was just asking her a couple of questions about how much it was. And she wouldn't say that because, you know, she said she could only read me, not her news to me. So, of course, that's a joke. Of course, we don't believe in palm readers. I mean, I believe in them. They are physical people. I don't disbelieve that they exist, but it's wicked and it's against God <clears throat> and stay away from it. Good grief. Stay away <laughs> from all that trash. That's funny. Well, something good to think about is that Thanksgiving is coming up in two weeks. It's coming up really fast. And Thanksgiving is such a fun time. We're so ready for it because we've been talking about Thanksgiving on this podcast. We've been talking like about it since the first episode. episode so yeah. like, we're going to keep talking about it. And next week, actually, we're going to have a special Thanksgiving episode talking about Thanksgiving. Oh, I can't wait. So it'll be warm and cozy. Can't wait. And it reminds me of, well, maybe I'll save it for next week. Oh, good. I love these like, the cliffhangers. I was going to tell you a story about my family and one chilly Thanksgiving morning, but we'll save it for next week. I'll look forward to that. This week, we thought about maybe doing a few Christmas movies recommendations that we like this time of year yeah well i think you thought about it right because okay i have liberty in jesus so (laughs) i listen to christmas music i watch christmas movies i'm not bound by the law i have liberty but i don't use that liberty for a cloak of maliciousness in celebrating christmas season before december 1st so i don't enter into the spirit of Christmas until December 1st. But if there's anyone out there, it's this fallen world, so I can give a Christmas movie recommendation since you know, if there are people who are struggling, then I can I can help. So, if I were to give a Christmas movie recommendation, what's your recommendation? Off the top for of my week? head, this week, it's a good one. It's kind of before it's too Christmassy, but it is Christmas movie. And it's While You Were Sleeping, of course, with Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman and the guy who plays Peter Gallagher. And it's a Christmas movie. It has Christmas in it. Is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. I mean, I guess most of those 90s romantic comedies have Christmas in it at some point. But that one really centers around Christmas for quite a while. So... Movies full of great lines. Have you been into Christmas rom-coms for a while? Hey, Loose, nice uh, sweater. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, we love that movie. April April likes it a lot. You don't? I, I know a lot of people who love it. You like it, right? It's good. I've seen it like once or twice. Are you serious? That's it? It's too 90s for me. Okay, it is really 90s, but oh, I should have gotten the blue spruce. They're lighter. 
that movie's full of the best lines. Absolutely. First, they knocked good, him yeah, out of their nest with a rock. Peter. Then I saved him. That whole movie. Oh, man, I could go on. Do you want? No, you don't want me to. I'm getting the look. Okay, so what's your movie recommendation for the week? Okay, so Joseph's movie recommendation is While You Were Sleeping as a pre-Christmas Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give two movies that I enjoy. This is not my definitive Christmas list because I'm hoping over the next couple weeks that we can give you some more movies that we like to watch this time of year. Uh, first one, the one that's kind of a kid's movie and a comedy that's really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you've seen it before. It's with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's called Jingle All the Way. Yeah. It's so funny. So there's this Christmas toy that everyone's trying to get, and he can't get it. And it's just mayhem and can I, hilar- hilarious the, the whole time. How in the world can While You Were Sleeping be too 90s for you and Jingle All the Way not be too 90s for you? One of the reasons I like Jingle All the Way is because it has the little kid that plays Anakin in yeah. Star Wars. Uh-huh. It just feels like a little bit and it has newer to me. Yeah, It has who? Arnold. Yeah. Arnold, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Ca- I love California. that. That was that was my favorite movie, Christmas movie, when I was a kid. Also, I loved the toy too. I wanted the toy so much. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I mean, I love that movie, and our kids like it too. We've been watching it with them recently, the last few years. All right. Um, another Christmas movie that might be my favorite. I don't want to say for sure that it's my favorite, but it's pretty close up there, and that is White Christmas. Oh, with yeah. Bing Crosby. But man, seriously, you've kind of saved that for like mid-December because that's so deeply Christmas and part of my heart is one of my favorite movies. But one of the reasons I mention it now is because it's one of those movies that I like to watch at least two or three times during the season. Oh, and if okay. I don't start it now, it's hard to fit in. So I really, yeah, I'm a once a season love guy. Love that movie. Yeah, I'm a once a season guy. What about Holiday Inn? You like that one? We should really save this for December. Um, yeah, it's good, but I like White Christmas better because it's in color. Right. Well, it's a better movie too. I don't know if I'm like Snow, too. Mo- I don't know if that's just a product of me being a millennial, but for some reason, I just like color in my movies. Sorry, I can't think of these movies without singing them. Yeah, I love it. I love, and I like the scenery in it. Like to me, it's just good to look at so a lot of times i'll just put it on in the background mm-hmm. just because it looks so nice that's true i think we did that last year for a little bit just played it in the background real quietly yeah but it's hard because our kids don't watch movies that much so if there's anything in the background playing even pictures on the tv then they'll just kind of go sit in front of the tv yeah and that's why we uh let our one of the reasons we let our kids watch tv sometimes is because i don't want them to be like that when they're older i don't want them to feel like drawn to the tv i just want it to be something normal in their lives that it, it's not this golden thing that they can't wait to, right i think to you watch. guys you guys have have succeeded in that that your kids aren't glued to the tv if it's on but i think we've done it not as much and so if it's on our kids are totally glued to it and so are we so am i i yeah. can't if something's on i can't not watch it so yeah i'm sure they'll get used to that as you guys get more free in the spirit and allow them to watch like veggie tales and stuff like that get them used to that type of thing but anyways those are our movie recommendations for this week can i just can i just play something do you mind go ahead because i just 
some company? This is back to my movie recommendation again. Say hello. Hello, Luce. Nice. Hmm. Uh... Sweater. <laughs> oh man, yo, you should watch that this week. Yeah, you just he's my just le- he's my it. least favorite part of the movie. He's my because I can't part of the movie because I can't stand his accent. I love his accent. I have a thing with accents. Lucy, oh, she's fine. She is the best looking chick in this building. And then his girlfriend is with him, and then she says, "Hey," and he's like, "But you are the best looking chick on the whole third floor." And then she's like, "Joe Junior," and she's back in his good favor. And man, ah, oh, sorry. Maybe we shouldn't do movie recommendations because all I do is start spouting movie lines and I can't so, get out of it. And then you want to talk about something serious and I'm not there. So we've got a three movie recommendations for you. And the first one is? While You Were Sleeping. And then uh, Jingle All the Way and White Christmas. You should check them all out. All right, put them in the show notes. But While You Were Sleeping, kind of, it has some cussing, right? Um, well, yeah. Some just a few cuss words, yeah. so don't be just offended. A couple, no, it's like it's like PG, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good movie. So, anyway, all the way, I'm sure has some cussing in it. Yeah, but it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, so you can't really understand what he's saying anyway. <laughs> okay, sorry, Arnold. Uh, so last week we started a discussion about something interesting. And we talked about what Christians believe, part one. And this week we're going to talk about some things Christians believe, part two. Cool. And we're going to talk, last week we talked about God, the nature of God, the nature of good and evil, and what God is like. Mm-hmm. So we got into some interesting things. Yeah, that was good. So when I, have, I was thinking about this question. I read this question somewhere, and I thought it was interesting. And it talks about when God invades Earth. So we have this eternal being who is, he's a real person, but he's hard to just define in words. This person comes and invades our Earth. And if you were God, how would you do it? You would probably come with armies. You would conquer. You would do what all the kings of this Earth have done, and they've tried to take over the world by force. So why did God, who has more power than anyone, not come and take the world by force. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. Right. So why did he do that? Why did he, in a sense, come in a disguise? Yeah, and not an incredible, wonderful thing. I love that. And we were talking about how the reason that he did that is because he wanted people to love him and to come to him freely. Right. Not yes. A, yeah. He. He. Wa- I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he wants a family of a, a willing family, and not just robotics. Right. Because as God, He can create the universe. He can do anything He wants. But if you're God, you cannot force someone to love you because that's something that people want to do. That they choose to do because they love you. Right. And another thing that He wants is relationship. And relationship is based on faith. So Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What God wants from us, from his children, from people that he gives the power to become his children, is faith. And all relationships that are good are based 
completely on faith, believing what he says, believing what the Father says. So why are we compelled to love him as humans? And why do we want him to be a part of our lives? Oh, we need him, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we know that we are in need of him because he created us with that need. Like our car, our car needs gas to keep running. Of course, yes. And as humans, we were designed by God. We were made the way that he wanted, us, uh, wanted to make us. And he designed us so that the only fuel that we could run on was him. Right. There's nothing apart from God that can satisfy us right. or that can fill that hole that's in our lives, in our hearts. Right. So which is why when you look at people in the world, no matter what they have, if they have wealth or fame or a great podcast or whatever, they there's there's something missing. And, and we saw that again. I know I mentioned last time the Mark Twain thing. But there was this like desire. He was looking for something more, always getting bored, going on to the next thing. Incredible writer. But at the end of his life, his, the end of his life ended up just in a terrible way because he never got, he never um, believed in and sought God, you know, to our, to our understanding as far as we know historically right he never did and so there was this emptiness there i'm guessing that you know he was a very famous author well traveled i'm guessing he had connections money friendships he had everything yep in the natural that you could want Mm -hmm. but for some reason the way that god created us as as our creator he made us to where we have a hunger and a longing and a need for him right and that's the only thing that's going to satisfy us uh but that doesn't mean necessarily that everyone accepts that and everyone looks to him and turns to him and you mentioned this guy mark twain why did he not recognize god for what he was when he was this very smart guy mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that say you know i like god i like the idea of god jesus he was a really good teacher and he had really good things to say and good moral instructions for our life and i like his meekness i like his characteristics, I liked his approach and how he just sat on the hill and he would just share with people and teach people. I like that. And so I don't know if I believe in Jesus as God, that he's the God of the universe, but I like him. He's a good teacher, and I think he's someone that we should respect and follow. Like, what do you say to someone like that who says, you know, I think God's great. I think Jesus is great. I think there's a lot of good, you know, religions out there. I think you can say what c.s lewis said because we both have enjoyed the book mere christianity a lot and what c.s lewis said is there's one thing you must not do he says you can you can believe as christians do that jesus is god and that that he's he's this wonderful creator benevolent god or you can believe that he's he's evil and against everything that you want to do but you must not do the in-between which is say he's just a good teacher because no how does he say it I mean, do you know, he says, like, there's no one, he could not have been good and said the things that he said unless right. he was right. So he was either a liar, that what he was saying was just totally wrong and he was just a pathological liar. Right. Or that he was a lunatic, that he was crazy. Right. Literally, mm-hmm. on the level of a man yeah, yeah, yeah. who thinks he's a poached egg. That's what he said, yeah. Or he, you have to admit 
that neither of those are true and that you must submit and make him your Lord. Take him at his word as he said he was, which is Lord and God. So C.S. Lewis says, let's have no more of this condescending Absolutely. conversation about saying that Jesus was a nice guy and a good teacher. Right. He didn't leave that option open to us. Right. The only option that he left us is either what he's saying is true, mm-hmm. that he's our Lord, right. he was lying, or he was just a crazy person. And I don't know about for you, but I don't know how a crazy person could have created this church and what has gone on in the world for 2,000 years off of the thoughts of a crazy person right. or of a madman. You know, I think if anyone actually thinks about it and gives it time or studies the history of Jesus actually walking around on the earth and the accounts of him. I think when people say he's a good teacher, they just, they, they haven't looked into it at all because they don't know what he said. They just said, well, they just take something that he said, like judge not so you won't be judged. And then they camp out on that and say, this is what Jesus said that I agree with. Right. Don't believe, don't know anything else that he said. And so that word making him your Lord is totally different than than admitting that he's a good teacher. Because if he's your Lord, that means he's your conqueror. And that when the Lord and the King comes, that we have no choice but to lay down our arms and surrender to him and admit that he is the ruler of our lives. Yeah. And so repentance, you think about the word repentance, it's kind of a personal humiliation. That's really what it is. It's admitting that we're wrong and that God is right. Mm. That the whole course of our life has been futile apart from God and that it has no purpose until we lay down our arms and submit to Jesus as our Lord. Mm. So before Christ, we were at war with him. But if we do the right thing, we lay down our arms and admit that he is the Lord. So we're talking about why did God come to the earth and limit himself in a way that made himself a man and when we look at the book of Hebrews we see that that he came but that he could be made a faithful and a merciful high priest so he took on flesh like it says in John and he dwelt among us so that we could know him and he could know us and that he could show us the father and what's wonderful about that is he is he limited himself to a life just like we have, just like we have uh, desires. He gave himself a body that had its own desires, that had its own, you can even say, like lust for food, you know, lust, the wanting something is is not the sin. But what the thing about Jesus did is that he never gave in. So he was tempted in all points like we are, but he lived righteously completely so his body he kept it under control and he didn't give way to the lust of his flesh so right he understands fully what it is to be a man he's fully god and fully man and also of course he becomes a man so that he can die right of course yeah so he he can offer himself as a sacrifice one time for all becoming that faithful high priest because the priests in the Old Testament, they, they couldn't be merciful. They had to do it the right way. And they couldn't be faithful because they, were, they didn't have eternal life. They would die. So every couple of years or every 30 years or whatever, there had to be a new high priest that went before God. So they couldn't be faithful, even if they were faithful during their 
their time as a high priest, but then Jesus, a high priest forever through the power of an endless life, can can be faithful and merciful to us by having given his body for a sacrifice. Right. Along with that, I love what it says in the book, Mere Christianity. And he says that the next step in evolution has already happened. It's already begun. And we see that in the new man called Christ. Mm. Yeah, I remember him talking about that. Because people in his day and age, they were talking evolution was the the big hot topic lately. And they're saying, well, what's the next step in evolution? Are we going to be able to fly? Are we going to be able to do this? And he's basically saying the next step is here. And you can enter into it through believing in Jesus and that our bodies are going to be raised to life and apparently are going to be able to do some pretty interesting things like walk through walls. Right. Uh, The reason that it's called the next step in evolution is because the life that Jesus represented is actually being put into us. And so just follow us for a second. We're talking about salvation, how he changes us. The way that God changes us is kind of odd, C.S. Lewis says. Uh, But how does it happen? What are some practical steps that we see in the Bible of this new life, this Christ life being put inside of us? The first step is obvious, belief. Mm -hmm. We believe in Jesus, and that's our first step to getting this new man put inside of us, this new kind of like what Christ did, that new person inside of us. Um, Another step that they that is listed in the Bible is baptism. And that's a public decision that you're following Jesus and that you're a new person and you're walking away from that old person that you were before. And the third thing, something that we do on an ongoing basis is called communion. And communion is just really a remembrance of what the gospel is in our life. And we're partaking symbolically of the blood and body of Jesus. And it's a symbol that that new life is being put into us and we're receiving that and becoming a little bit more like Jesus each day, hopefully. Well, I think that the main thing is it's a belief in, in what he did. So even when we take communion, we're, we're, I know it's this can seem like the strange ritual, but when you're, when you're doing it you're taking it, you're thinking about it, you're realizing that Jesus body was broken for me. His blood was shed for me so that even though I am completely unworthy, that he makes me worthy by his blood as, as my high priest. And so just through believing that and being saved through believing that it does change your life. Right. Cause our lives do need, do need to be adjusted and, God does not love us because we are good, but he loves us so much that he wants to make us good. And we can't do that on our own. Um, And God did not mean for us also to only be spiritual creatures. You know, you think about that for a second with the idea of communion, like he told us to take bread and wine and God loves physical things too. Right. And even our, our physical selves because God created matter. Sometimes we as Christians wrestle with the flesh, but God created flesh and he created the physical things that we see in our earth. So God likes matter. He invented it. If flesh or matter was bad in and of itself, then Jesus could not have been completely righteous because he took on flesh. And the Bible is very clear. I mean, there, there was, there was, uh, 
Antichrist teachings that were saying that he didn't do that because like Gnosticism, things like that, of course, remember studying about that in Bible college, they were saying that Jesus never actually had flesh, but like he'd walk in the sand and there weren't any footprints because flesh is a bad thing, but it's not, of course, we know that it's not. I think seriously, I think even today people can shoot themselves in the foot by being too spiritually minded. You know, I mean, the whole he's so spiritually minded, he's no earthly good conversation. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I think the worst thing you can do for your spirituality is to make everything ultra spiritual. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about how we are obstinate toy soldiers. Then that's like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, what what does that even mean? (laughs) Uh, so what this means is in Christ, what we're talking about right now, we, we see the first real man, right? Jesus has something that we see in the Bible called the Zoe life. Okay. And the human life together. And it's like the human race. Imagine the human race is connected by a family tree. Okay. Because we are right. Sure. Yeah. So when Jesus was born he wasn't just a separate human, but he was part of that tree. And it affected the whole root and the branches and everything. And it's like this infection. And our race begins to have a new life. And mm-hmm. if we get close to Jesus, we can catch this good infection that takes place. Oh, okay. Hopefully. I remember we talking about that. But there's some people yeah. that insist on being those toy soldiers. They're like these fake men that aren't really men at all. They haven't experienced what life truly is. Mm -hmm. They just like being these flesh and bones, just these toy soldiers walking around, and they don't haven't experienced that real life that Christ offers us. Mm. It's like when you think about the Trinity, which we were talking about last week, or the Godhead, whatever you prefer to call it, love is not possible for God if there's not a Godhead Mm. because love, we see it displayed between the father and the son. Right. Right. God isn't lonely and God knows how to love because that's who he is. It's part of who he is. And if we want to know what love is, we have to get close to Jesus to experience what that's like. Right. And it's like an infection. It's like getting by the fire and getting warm and getting close to him. Right. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, man. I so we it. need that good infection that Jesus, he entered the human race and is infecting us. Not because we are good or deserve to be made good. It's because he loves us so much that he wants us to have the life that he has. Right. It's like the song that says, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Obviously, he's not getting any sweeter. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our understanding of him and our knowledge of him is growing as we as we know him more and more right if you want joy power peace eternal life you have to get close to the thing or the object that has them the author of those things. and this is the good infection that takes place yes speaking of infections i can hardly listen to a johnny cash song without just feeling it and listening all day this is one recorded by wade thompson thank you wade for sending for this, this show in. 
I love it. Well, hey, if you don't like Johnny Cash, please send an email to Wade, not to us, because we're just enjoying it. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the end of the song. We'd love to have your review on Apple Podcasts if you would leave it for us, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Smoking big cigars, well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. And those people keep on moving, that's what tortures me, yeah. Well, if they freed me from this prison, if that railroad was mine, I'd move at least the 